Welcome to episode 108 of the X-Files Retrospective Podcast, released through Bureau 42. I'm your host, Blaine Dowler. This week we're looking at Gethsemane. It's the season 4 finale, season 4, episode 24. The original air date was May 18th, 1997, and the IMDb user score has risen from 8.7 to 8.8 out of 10. The action primarily takes place in Washington, D.C. and in the Yukon Territory up in Canada. It was directed by R.W. Goodwin and written by Chris Carter. Now, this one uses nonlinear storytelling. So it begins at an Inquisition when Skelly announces Mulder's suicide, and then gives nonlinear storytelling to establish how we got to this point, what's going on, and ultimately it's about how Michael Critchgow, a government agent, convinces Mulder that the entire alien abduction mythology is a government ruse that they're using to manipulate him and cover up what they're really doing with Earth-based tech. And that's what leads to his crisis of faith and apparent suicide. Most of the episode, however, focuses on Scully as she deals with an escalation of her cancer and its symptoms, as well as the family tension that ensues because she's only told her mother so far, and her siblings do not take kindly to that. So the cast includes Sheila Larkin returning as Margaret Scully, Pat Skipper's first appearance as Bill Scully Jr. Now, he's best known for this, the 2007 Halloween and Bosch, but he does have 84 credits to his name with many guest roles on recognizable TV shows like That 70s Show and so forth. Charles Chiaffi returns as Section Chief Blevins. This is his third of five X-Files appearances, all as Blevins. John Finn is here as Michael Critchgow, a character actually named after one of Gillian Anderson's high school friends who's best known for his work in 156 episodes of Cold Case as John Stillman, as well as work in Catch Me If You Can and Glory and The Hunted. He's got 99 credits to his name and is still active. Matthew Walker plays Arlinsky. This is his second and final appearance on The X-Files. He was also in Roland as Dr. Ronald Cernow. He's got 117 credits to his name and is also still active. Best known for A Night at the Museum, The Assassination of Jesse James by the Coward Robert Ford, Alone in the Dark, and The Boy, he also had actually a couple of roles in Christmas in Wonderland, which is terrible and not well known, largely because it was a local production effectively advertising West Edmonton Mall, but it also co-starred Patrick Swayze, Tim Curry, Carmen Electra, Chris Catan, Cameron Bright, Mackenzie Porter, Matthew Knight, and a few more actors and actresses that are recognizable today. Now, James Sertorius is in here as Babcock. He's got 80 credits, but mostly small projects. He's best known for cruising the Andros targets, My Breast, and Whisper Kill, and those range from 1977 to 1994. Now, a lot of the mythology this sets up and what we're going to be doing with it will be expanded upon in much greater detail in the Redux and Redux 2 two-part opener, which will be combined in a single podcast in two weeks' time. For now, I want to focus more on the actual production side of the science. The science that they're talking about here with the hybrid DNA and the chimera plant and animal life together, they exist, but even with the genetic engineering we have 20 years after this episode aired, we're still not at the point where we can hybridize to that degree. One of the things I did appreciate is that the ice cave where that preserved alien body was left was actually done on a refrigerated set. So the ice and snow are actual ice and snow. The set was kept at negative 21 Fahrenheit or negative 29 Celsius temperatures to get this effect. Now, as a Canadian myself, I'm very familiar with what ice and snow does, especially in these temperatures, and I greatly appreciated that, probably a lot more than the actors did. You know, they were actually cold. 
which means we see things we don't normally see. So often when I'm watching things set in winter time or out in the snow, I cannot maintain my suspension of disbelief because so many details just don't add up. And it's clear that they're, you know, not working with snow, it's styrofoam or whatnot. They haven't made fake snow that looks like real snow for TV. Here, the breath of the actors is actually visible as it is in cold environments. Not cold like London at 5 above Celsius or 9 above Fahrenheit. When you see your breath, because the air is already so humid that at that temperature just can't hold any more moisture, so it condenses. But no, this cold is so cold that the air actually has zero humidity because the water isn't liquid anymore. And when the moisture in your breath gets exhaled, it crystallizes into solid ice crystals just after leaving your mouth, forming the clouds. So that's why we can see our breath in cold environments, and it's something that I just haven't seen them be able to fake, aside from some CGI, but even that doesn't quite look right, because the breath you get from exhaling in cold isn't like a cloud or steam. It, it does have a different albedo or a different glitter to it than other steam, which often isn't done right on screen. You also lose the flexibility of exposed facial muscles, so speech gets slurred and it becomes difficult to articulate. The cheeks flush red quite visibly in a way that's hard to mimic with makeup. As difficult as it would have been for the production and the actors to do it in these conditions, I greatly appreciated the fact that they did, because typically I'm thrown out of an episode as soon as they go to a cold environment. This did not do that. This allowed me to maintain my suspension of disbelief while they were pulling an alien corpse out of the ice. Anyway, join us next week for an overall Season 4 wrap-up, and then again the week after that for the Redux Redux 2 two-part opener discussion. And finally, thank you for listening.